It's time now for Gina Gardner and Friends, the show that shares stories from inspiring people, from a wide range of expert guests, all focused on helping you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. Gina Gardner is a multiple number one international best-selling author, motivational speaker, business coach, and trainer. She's the founder of Genuinely You, and has over 30 years experience of helping people step into their genuine, authentic power, personally and professionally. One day, I'll teach chemistry to kids. I'm going to be an architect. My dream is to be a chef. This is a world of possibilities. A world in which people who put their minds to something can really make a difference. My goal is to help the environment. Someday I'll find a cure for cancer. At the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Federal Student Aid, we believe that aspiring minds can achieve anything. So we dedicate ourselves to making sure everyone has an opportunity to go to college. Each year, we provide more than $150 billion in grants, loans, and work-study funds, making higher education possible for anyone at any stage of life. I can go back to college. I can change careers. I can make a difference. Federal Student Aid, proud sponsor of the American Mind. Learn more about Money for College at studentaid.gov. And now, here's your host, Gina Gardner. Hello there, it's Gina Gardner here, and welcome to Gina Gardner and Friends. I have a really interesting guest for you today, based in Los Angeles, cute Blackstone. And we're going to be talking about the magic of surrender, which is a really interesting concept, and it's also the title of his book. So, cute, a huge welcome to you. Thank you for having me. A pleasure. So would you like to start off by telling us a bit of your story? You know, how do you come to write a book about surrender? <laughs> um, I would have to share a bit of my, my backstory. I was born in Ghana, West Africa. My father's from Ghana, my mother's Japanese. I grew up in London and partly the, the US. So I feel like I'm a citizen of the world from everywhere and nowhere. And two things, you know, from a very young age, I always felt a deep uh, empathy for people's suffering and feelings. And there was a part of me that wanted to alleviate their suffering in some way. I didn't know what that would look like. And so as a young boy, my first memories, I grew up in a kind of unusual environment in, in terms of as a young boy, my first memories were literally seeing a crippled woman crawling on the floor. She picks up the sand that this man walks on, wipes it on her face and stands up. And so week after week, I grew up seeing blind people see and deaf people hear and people stand up out of wheelchairs. The same man who sent you picked up would look at a woman in a wheelchair and say, why are you in this wheelchair? You're not sick. Stand up. He would look at, some, look at someone with crutches and say, hey, throw your crutches away, put his hands on them, and they would walk. This man was my father. My father built 300 churches in Ghana, West Africa. He was a very spiritual, mystical kind of uh, guy. And so I grew up in a very sort of spiritual tradition. My mother was Buddhist, very eclectic. And he built 300 churches in Ghana, hundreds of thousands of followers. He had a huge church in London, in South London, in Wandsworth, about 5,000 people in the mid-80s at his height. And so I grew up in this environment where I felt like everything was possible, all possibilities. There were no limitations because I, I saw the, these miracles. And so at age eight, I started speaking in my father's audience. That's where my career began, so to speak. My speaking career began. Age 14, I was ordained as a minister. 
And I was given a mandate to take over my father's organization. My entire life was set out for me. And when he announced it when I was 14, uh, without any discussion with me, my heart sank because I, I had this feeling and this knowing that this was not my path. This was not my purpose. This was not my unique expression in this lifetime. And so I didn't have the courage to speak my truth. I didn't have the courage to confront my father. I think like many of us, we allow fear to hijack us, fear to control us, fear to limit us, and we don't fully express our gifts and our and, and we're afraid to express who we really are because we're afraid if I am myself, you won't love me and we're gonna be alone. So my fear was if I tell my father how I feel, I'm gonna lose the relationship. And so for four years, I said nothing and went into a depression and a conflict and an internal turmoil. When I turned 18, after my A-levels, um, right before my A-levels, I looked into my future and I felt this calling to come to America. I wanted to go into the field of self-help simply because as a kid, I grew up reading the books on my father's bookshelf where he had all of these self-help books. And I thought all of the biggest self-help teachers are in Los Angeles, they're in Southern <laughs> California. And so this was like the Mecca for me. And so I felt this, this calling in my soul. Sometimes I think what your soul guides you to do doesn't always make sense to your logic or your mind. But I really believe that if you follow your soul and you don't compromise your truth, you will always end up in the right place at the right time, even though it doesn't make sense to your, to your, to your mind. And so I looked into my future and I saw that I could follow the expected path the path that was set out for me and be successful by my father's standards, by everyone's standards. But if I didn't have myself, if I didn't have my integrity, it was just a form of self-betrayal. And feeling that self-betrayal felt so painful that I felt the sense of soul suicide of following a path that wasn't mine. And I had the conversation with my father and that's when my life took on a whole different trajectory. I had the conversation with my father, looked him in the eye, said, I'm not taking over. And we didn't speak for two years, cut a long story short. I ended up winning a green card in the lottery and the green card lottery. And that's what enabled me to come to the US and follow my dreams. And I came here and found many of the teachers, the mentors, the authors, studied with some of them. And then I traveled, traveled to Thailand, studied with monks, traveled to Israel, studied with rabbis, traveled to India. And I uh, had some experiences there. And then over the last 20 years, have been coaching and guiding and teaching people and then wrote this best-selling book, The Magic of Surrender. And it was, it was really inspired by my mother. And I didn't know just, it. I'm just going to stop you there because yeah. what you're offering is just so rich. I'd like to, us to unpick sure. that a little Please. bit before we go forward. And what you describe uh, is such a common experience. I've, I've coached so many people who have taken a route because they didn't want to upset their parents or yeah. because they were conditioned that I, I should be A or I should do whatever. And they get stuck in that place, in that groove of living somebody else's life, somebody else's dream, and dying by degree. And I, I really hand it to you as an 18-year-old with a father who is so incredibly powerful yes. to have the courage to walk up to him and say, Dad, I need to talk to you. <laughs> I didn't feel like I had a choice, to be honest. Um, it, was, it was just... I think one of the things that keeps us stuck 
one of the things that keeps us limited are all the ways that we lie to ourselves. <laughs> beings, we are constantly lying to ourselves and living that lie. See, what I realized at 18, as I projected into my future, is if I lie to myself now to try to get the love that I think I want from my father, I'm going to have to live this lie for the rest of my life. And I think so many of us, and that was so painful to me. And so I think as human beings, many times we lie to ourselves and we don't even know that we're lying. We think that what we feel and who we are is the truth, but we don't realize that we've been conditioned from childhood, conditioned from media and society and religion and friends and family and that all mean well, but we've been conditioned and in so many ways we've disconnected from our truth. So one thing I would invite, we stay in relationships that we know aren't right. We work jobs that we know aren't necessarily the authentic expression of our purpose. So one thing I would invite people to, to ask themselves is number one, what lies am I telling myself? You have to want the truth more than you want what you want and more than you want what you think you want, I should say. And so what lies am I telling myself? What am I pretending to not know? Because many times we're afraid to acknowledge the truth. And so the ego, uh, we, 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 we kind of start confusing ourselves. I don't really know. Yeah, I don't really know what I really want. See, I'm not really sure. I'd say to you that actually I'd take it a step further back. I think the vast majority of people are living a life where they are not consciously thinking at all. Yes, they are involved in habitual patterns. Yes, so they don't question. Yes. They get caught in this merry-go-round that goes round and round, but there's no momentum forward because it's just the same old, same old. And Probably. what you're asking—great questions, by the way—but you are asking questions that require an awareness yes. that actually we do have a choice mm -hmm. that. We can bullshit ourselves as much as we want, but ultimately we have to live with the consequences of that. And as you say, m m I think most people, it gets to be so painful That's the before key. they then wake up. And the pain of staying. That's, that's is, the key is the pain. Like the third question is to really ask, what is the cost? What is the cost of lying to myself? And the cost is pain. When we lie to ourselves, it's meant to be painful. It is painful. You're not meant to lie to yourself and feel great. And I think so many of us, we've been conditioned in our society to distract ourselves from the pain, to drink it away, sex it away, smoke it away, meditate it away, social media it away, shop it away, just so that we don't feel the pain. But I think the pain is a blessing. The pain is a friend. The pain is feedback that we're not in alignment. One thing I would also just, just say is just to kind of take the pressure off of people is take the pressure off of yourself and having to take action. Because sometimes the fear of the consequence of taking action by being honest is so scary that we continue the game of confusion. But if you take the pressure off of yourself from having to take action, then I think that begins to at least free you up to say, okay, if I don't have to take action, then what do I really feel? I hate my job. You don't have to leave. But this is the honest truth. Or I'm no longer in love with this person. I haven't been in love for 18 years, for five years, for eight years. Let me just feel that. And that starts a process inside of just acknowledging the truth begins a process inside.
powerful stuff and I couldn't agree with you more, but we're going to have to go to a quick break now. So don't go away. For everybody that's listening, these are messages that are so important if you want to live a happy, successful and fulfilling life. So see you in a minute. COVID-19 has been a really long and difficult fight. It's definitely taken a toll on all of us. Right now, new variants are a lot more contagious and need to be taken seriously. Getting vaccinated and staying boosted is the best way to keep you protected from COVID-19 and help you stay out of the hospital. Even if you've got COVID before, it's important that you go get your COVID booster. COVID shots are safe. Much safer than getting the virus. We can all do our part. And get back to living. You can go to getvaccineanswers.org for more information. Meet Norm. He lives with anxiety. But with the help of this latest innovation from Be Normal, he can be normal. Just like everyone else. With the swipe of a finger, you can project happiness, confidence, machismo. Why settle for being real when you can be normal? The Normal Maker. New from Be Normal. This item doesn't really work because there's no such thing as normal. We're all different. What we like, how our brains work. In fact, one in five of us live with mental illness. Don't filter who you are. Start by talking to someone you trust. And remember, there is no normal. Welcome back. I'd like to explore with you, Coot. Now, the next stage of your journey, you said before, quite early on in the program, that it, your mother was the catalyst for change. So what happened there? I was on a high traveling the world. My first book was The You Are The One, uh, was out, national bestseller. I was on Larry King. Days late, life has a way of humbling and days later, I get this phone call from my father, who never calls me, and he says, you need to call your mother. Turns out my mother has stomach cancer, oh. and my heart sank, and she was the person closest to me that I loved the most. You know, she raised me. She was my everything in a certain sense, and so it was really difficult. It was really painful, so I called my mother, and I basically started flying back and forth from Los Angeles to London every month literally every month for a week to be with her in her chemo treatments and sit with her. And a couple of things happened. I had every intention to fix her and get her well with alternative therapies. And after a few months, I realized she's not going to make it. And so that really cracked my heart open where I had to surrender, that I was not in control. And that freed me up to really just be fully present with her. And, 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 I realized that I had missed out on so much with her. Like I got to just sit with her in chemo, sit with her having a cup of tea, sit with her in the park. All these things I deemed as a waste of time. I just surrendered and got to just experience this time with her. And what turned out, what started off as the worst year of my life turned out to be the best year. And so when the doc, this is where the seed of the book was planted. When the doctor said, there's nothing else in the hospital. I'll never forget it, forget this moment. The doctor said to us, there's nothing else we can do, so get your affairs in order. I mean, it's a, it's a challenging moment to hear that and to realize the person you love, you'll never see her again. And so my heart broke in that moment. In the parking lot, I looked at my mother in the eyes and I asked her two questions. And she said, and I asked her the first question, which was, are you afraid? And she looked me in the eyes and she said, this Japanese little woman, you know, she said, I'm not afraid. With total conviction, I'm not afraid because I know I'm not this body. This body is just a temporary vehicle for my soul. And even when this body is gone, I will not be gone. I will be with you from the other side. And I was like, 
whoa. And she really felt it. Complete peace. And I looked her in the eyes, wanting to be a good son. And I said to her, is there anything I can do for you in your final days? What, what do you need? What do you want? What can I do? How can I help? And she looked me in the eyes and she said, there's nothing I want and there's nothing I need. She said, all I want is what God wants for my life. What an amazing place. And I was stunned. To be in. And she wasn't attached to living. She wasn't attached to dying. No. I realized she was truly surrendered to the highest unfolding of her soul. Yeah. And that demonstration of surrender is part of what inspired me to write the book because the magic of surrender was not the book I thought I was going to write. It was not the book I wanted to write. I, I had all other all sorts of other intentions, but this was the book that was seeking to be written and I had to surrender to the book about surrender. You know, it's interesting, isn't it? I've, particularly in the last two or three years, um, I've come to the realization that we are wrongly named as a species. We are named human beings, but we ought to be named human doings. And what you've demonstrated is the transition from being a human doing and wanting to fix and do and be busy um, to actually being with your mum and being with yourself. And for me, that's the ultimate surrender, that when you let go of the busyness of life, that doesn't mean sitting on the, the top of a mountain in you know the lotus position saying om all day. <laughs> no. But it does, for me, it's about being at one with oneself, recognizing that actually we're here on a journey to learn and part of the process of, of transitioning from living to, to dying is a big part of that lesson. And I commend you. And I, your mum sounds the most amazing lady. What a legacy she left you. She was, a, she was a real gift. I got to see her true greatness and her true power. And in that, I got to see and really feel that surrender is the most powerful thing that we can do in this experience, that surrender is the key to our next level. Surrender is the real, um, is the password to freedom. We think that in, see, we have this misconception in our culture that surrender is weak, that surrender is passive, that surrender is giving up, that if it's waving the white flag, that if you surrender, you're going to be a victim, a doormat, be taken advantage of, trodden on, left behind, you won't manifest goals, dreams, and desires, you're going to get less in life. And really what I'm seeing and what I've experienced in my entire life is, and, and what I want people to question is, if you surrender, what if you didn't get less? but you got more, like more than you could even have imagined and intended with your ego, with your mind, with the limited perspective of your own persona and identity. What if you got more? So surrender is letting go of control or the perception of control, because I think control is a bit it's of an illusion. illusion. It's an yes. illusion. It's a master addiction. It's surrender is to stop trying to force life to fit your limited idea of how you think it should be, like this person's got to be the one, this has got to be the thing. And surrender is to let go of the idea of who you think you should be and how you think your life should be so that you can be available and open to the life that is authentically seeking to emerge and unfold. And I think 
that's when we take the limits off of life and then we were available and open to the universe. And I think that's when the magic happens, the miracles happen, things beyond our own capacity to comprehend, imagine, beyond our wildest dreams. And that's like the magic of surrender. And so I, I say, if you want the mat, when I ask people, do you want more magic in your life? Everyone says yes, but we don't want to surrender. But to me, surrender is the password. Surrender is the, is the real formula for the magic. I think it's so important that you make the distinction about the difference between surrender and giving up. I'm just conscious of time. We're going to have to go for a short break, but I'd like to explore when we come back how um, how you're using that in the world. There's certainly, um, I'm, you, I'm working with people in very similar ways, I think, to you. We've come at it from very different directions, but ultimately I think the future has to be where people own their spiritual connection with themselves and with a higher consciousness. So we're getting into some really important big stuff here today. Please join us after the break. They have your eyes, they have your ears, they have your smile. Now all they need is a little more of your time. Make a difference in your child's life, because anyone can be a father. It takes time to be a dad. Those were the days. A little risk never scared us. Hands tight, plans loose. We'd cruise down drags with our favorite bands. We bought good times with loose quarters. And every night, we had standing dates with the same friends. Life was simpler back then. We hustled, we bumped, we bus stopped smoked all the time if that was you then get your lungs screened now visit screenyourlungs.org today welcome back so where do you see your future in terms of of owning your own surrender and at the same time, having do you have a sense of where you believe the future is going to take you? Um, I have a sense. See, for me, I'll share kind of how I navigate it now. So I think the old paradigm is all about get clear on your future, get clear on what you want, get clear on your goal, know what you want. But, but the mechanism that I, that is looking into the future and intending into the future is in and of itself limited and conditioned by past programming. It's limited. And so there's only so much we're able to see from the ego mind. And so for me, the question has become that I invite people to consider is more about asking yourself, what is it that life is seeking to express to me? What is it that the universe is seeking to express to me? What is it that my soul, what is it that this deeper intelligence is seeking to express to me? Because from that deeper depth of our being, 
is unconditioned. It's unconditioned knowing and intelligence that is beyond the logic and beyond the mind. So for me, it, it, it's about catching the wave of life, catching the, the energy of where one's life and soul is moving. And so when you, when you catch that, then you align with that. Then you align with that, commit to that. Then you can align your personality, your ego, your thoughts, your feelings, your visualizations, your strategy, your money, your resources, and give 100% without being attached. And so I have, for me, I have uh, uh, senses and visions and, and intuitions and feelings of where things are moving, but I'm, I'm, I'm really embracing more and more the unknown. And I think part of surrender is the willingness to embrace the unknown and allow life to lead us. And so when I feel mm, something is nudging me in this direction, like I'm working on a lot of different projects right now that I didn't think I'd be working on in different yeah. fields, different sectors, real estate and different things. I, that wasn't in my plan. That wasn't in my intention. But it's something that started emerging and arising. So for me, it's more about now feeling the impulse of life where you don't even have to know where you're going to get to exactly where you need to be because there's something inside of you that knows. And many times, if you look at the best things that have happened in your life, I think all of us look at the best things that have happened in your life. Most of them you didn't plan. You, you, went, you didn't plan like, okay, at 4 p.m. I'm going to go to the you know, Central Park in New York. I'm going to go to Starbucks and I'm going to meet my husband or my wife there at 4 p.m. on a Saturday. It, it, it's like it, it happens in the flow of living and following the, the energy of life, following your authentic impulse. To me, life unfolds and happens that way. And so... I really am seeking to live my life more and more in that innocence, in that spontaneity. There are goals, there are plans, there, there are some intentions, but more and more I'm like, I don't attach to them and hold on to them. And more and more it's about, okay, let, what is life showing me? Where is life leading me? And it's become more about following the energy and following the clues of life. And, and I think, living in a way where I am not limiting life. I think that's the magic for me. That, I, I think there's huge magic in there. The one thing that I feel is important for people to consider alongside that is authenticity, yeah. being genuine. Yeah. And go back to where we started this program, that actually where they are being truthful with themselves, um, and recognizing that surrender is not giving up, but surrender is also being open to the possibility that universe, source, God, whatever you call it, has a bigger plan for you and that you are the limitation if you're not careful. You're the one who puts the limits in place. Without attachment. Yeah. Absolutely. Now we're coming to the end of the show and I'm, we can't come to the end of the show without people finding out how do they get in touch with you? Yeah, depending on folks listening to this conversation, uh, my main website, kootblackson.com, K-U-T-E, kootblackson.com. I do uh, a very special 12-day event twice a year in Bali, boundlessblessbali.com. It sounds wonderful. Now, 
every guest that comes on my show gets invited to choose one of four projects from an organization called B1G1, Buy One, Give One. And it's an organization that was set up by Masami Suto um, to support projects around uh, eradicating poverty, uh, feeding the hungry, educating, good health, clean water, um, looking after the environment, um, recognizing the need to give people the tools with which they can earn a living um, and look after the environment. Um, and so the four projects that are, are going this month are um, clean water, education, health, um, and um, work in terms of in, uh, uh, protecting the environment. Which of those four would you like us to donate to on your behalf? Let's go with education. Lovely. And so we will be sending a donation on your behalf. It just remains for me to say a huge thank you very much for joining me today on today's show. It's such um, a, an important theme. Uh, so thank you very much. Thank you for listening. Um, if you're interested in finding out more, um, then Coot has given you his address. If you'd like to talk to me, then email me at Gina, G-I-N-A, at genuinely-u.com. Um, you can find all of my books on Amazon um, and lots and lots of intentional journals. And they are really helpful in helping you identify your truth. So thanks for joining me. Do please join me on the next show. Take care now. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Gina Gardner and Friends, the show that helps you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. To learn more about Gina Gardner, go to genuinely-u.com. If you would like to work with Gina or book her as a speaker, email her at gina at genuinely-u.com.